0: Well, um, no one thought he could do it. No one thought that Joshua Safran, the showrunner of the new Gossip Girl, could do it. When he said last year that there will be no slut shaming or cat fights, and those are not things I believe need to be in this show for it to be fun, or (laughs) any show, he has succeeded in making Gossip Girl 2, which he calls sex-positive. And says, these characters use their brain, not their brawn, to take you out. Well, you know, he did not need those things to have fun because this is maybe the least fun show I've ever watched for this general series. It made me
1: happy to be poor. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, I was like, I'm glad I'm a loser. I'm glad I don't <laughs> go anywhere. I, I, It's like, this is, me and T were talking about this before we were recording, this is maybe like the most ephemeral thing any of us have ever watched like on this standard. It's I watched every episode and they're pretty fresh in my mind and I know what literally happens in them but I don't have any corresponding feeling or like actual like visceral memory to any of it. And I've watched a lot of like shit.
1: Yeah. This was nothing. Oh, I was going to say I watched the show week to week when it first aired cuz I thought I was going to cover it closer to when it aired and i just kind of couldn't muster up the energy to do it but watching it week to week i'm telling you it felt like waking up from a dream like you know when you wake up from a dream and you're kind of grasping at the dream but little bits of it start fading away more and more the longer you're awake like week to week like you know as every day passed and it got to the next week i actually needed that recap as in like what did happen last week like it was forgettable week to week it was that bad that's, that's comforting
2: to know because Felix asked me before we started recording. He was like, well, which episodes have you seen, Jack? And I like, literally was like, uh... For like 20 to 30 seconds trying to remo- remember like what happened in the episodes I watched. And I really couldn't recall anything except for the fact that like one of the episodes ended at Webster Hall or something like that. Like some venue in New York that I've been to. But I don't really know what happened in the show. And I don't know why... I got, I got, like, the Men in Black, like,
0: brain eraser done to me or something <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it. So, you know what, like, kept happening to me? So the premise of this show, of this Gossip Girl, and it, it's very different from the original Gossip Girl in the way that the first Gossip Girl is good and this is, like, this is, like, a safety video you watch on Delta. This is, like, a, when an airline makes, like, a fun video about how to inflate your inflatable. So in the original Gossip Girl... Like, Gossip Girl is like a blog run by someone who they think is at the school, and it's this all-seeing, all-knowing thing that puts things into motion, and throughout this show, you're figuring out who it is, and you figure it's probably, it has to be like one of the parents or someone at the school, someone who has an ulterior motive, and then eventually you learn who it is. It's his way of uh, getting with Serena, and I actually, you know, I think the original Gossip Girl is like, great, seen all of it. Uh, in this one, I kept having to like remind myself why they're running it because it's not run by a student. It's run by teachers. And the reason they're running it is because the students get them fired too easily. So they have to like ruin their life. I don't I, I get it. baffled. Like, so, and maybe it should be explained.
2: I, I guess you kind of explained it for people who don't even know about the show. But yeah, they, they kind of lay that out in, in a confusing way that like. I guess the the students are unruly. I only know this because it was told to me by a person, like, that that this is the premise. I didn't pick up on this, like, by watching it. But, like, you know, the students are out of control and the teachers are trying to control them, like, by doing this gossip girl thing, which is weird because, like, their their immediate move is to, like, there's, like, some, like, the one poor girl that shows up to school. They, like, their first move is just, like, Essentially, try to ruin her life. Like the teachers are just like, <laughs> like, like deciding whether or not to publish on Twitter. Like that, this like fifteen year old girl was like born out of wedlock or whatever, with like cheating, like a cheating mom or whatever. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you guys got it backwards. Like, maybe you should just like get a, a more strict dean or something. You know, get Actually, get the dean from yeah. Morrissey's school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, what you described is not even the actual secret, because I don't think he got to the end. The secret is actually even less spicy than that. <laughs> you would think that's what they were going for, but the secret, and there's no way to do the show without spoilers, so I think we just have to settle in yeah, to, we, to the spoilers. Yeah. Uh, is that she was... And Tell me if I'm remembering this correctly, Felix, because I didn't get to the end of my rewatch, so I'm kind of running on uh, memory fumes, but uh, the big secret is that she got bullied at school. And I'm like, how does that make her look bad? You know? And then it's one of those things where the oh, media yeah. reveal it, it's automatically shown to not matter. Like, uh, someone says, oh, wow, I never knew you were bullied. That sucked. Yeah, it did suck. Okay, back to normal. I'm like Okay, so this secret was so devastating that, you know, it was gossip girls ace in the hole. But uh, it's actually so lame that even you know it's lame. Because e- even you can't even... Hold it uh, in five minutes in your goldfish brain, you know. You, know, you pretty much under, this this show undercuts itself all the time, like every yes every fifteen minutes. It can't let anything hold and have power, including the so-called mean girlness of the of the. It can't stand for anybody to be a jerk for too long, for anything to be nasty too long, for anything to be a secret too long. You know, it just constantly self undercuts it's very bizarre
0: yeah so this the secret was that she like pulled a fire alarm when the meaner girls in her middle school were taunting her about her mom dying that's the horrible secret and of course like the moment it's like revealed people are like oh what the why was this a bad secret
1: (laughs) it just makes it look sympathetic
2: sympathetic. yeah yeah, that's all she did pulled a fire alarm that was like a daily occurrence
1: at my school (laughs) 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 somebody who just do
2: it for no reason
1: it's kind of weird right this is what happens for whatever reason I mean this is like uh, an inception of stupidity like within one level of stupid if you pull back it's wrapped in another level of stupid so this is is like the uh, secret right is that she went with these other two girls uh, to like do a prank at the school so you know she's being a bad girl they're running around they spray painted something on the walls and they, you know, were doing very light vandalizing. This wasn't even like hardcore vandalizing, right? But then it was, and this is like the other level of inception stupidity. Uh, you pull back and the two girls are actually putting a prank on her, right? Where, uh, it's a setup to set the girl up. So they pushed the girl into, uh, I guess, like a chemistry lab or something, uh, and, yeah. and lock the door. And then taunt her for killing her mom, which there's a lot of things kids will taunt you for. Your kids are bastards, but I don't understand why that would make them hate this girl. Like, did they know her mom? Like, I, I don't get, like, like why would that be like, you know, something, that bitch killed her mom by being born. And that just really burns me up. We've got to, like, they don't really explain why the two girls hate her or targeted her for, um, you know. So they're basically taunting her. Through the glass of the chemistry lab door, saying, "Yeah, mom, killer. Yeah, this is what you what you get. <laughs> <laughs> this is so
2: am fucking bizarre. It's really all confusing gossip. Um, and I don't know. Should we like back up? Because I feel like we're getting confusing. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. True. So
0: this is it, the show. Kind of starts with like you know uh what I consider the worst ground laying I've seen in every show." It's like the kids getting ready for school, with a special focus on uh, on Zoya, the new kid, the the bullied kid, the one on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she sort of fulfills like the uh, the original role that um fuck what was his name in the original gossip the guy who was gossip girl uh Dan 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 he she sort of fulfills the Dan role in some ways in that she's not from. The same like super stratified class background as her counterparts, and you know her dad only makes like four hundred thousand dollars. That is the funniest versus, like, part of the show. Yeah, yeah, like they
2: show her house at one point, and they they're in like a really really nice house, like a multi multi million dollar house in New York.
1: It, yeah, it, it's like a Side or it, something. They establish this Upper West Side, right? It's funny because they don't give all these context clues right away. It's from the beginning. You see the dead, and the way they're talking about like how poor they are they can kind of afford this and all this stuff. I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's like a teacher or something. But he's one of those teachers that wears a suit to um, to teach. Maybe he's one of those type of teachers, right? So then they show and they get little context clues. They go into the lobby because he has to pick up a package, and it's a nice doorman building. Uh, one of those really nice doorman buildings. So it's like, okay, so I guess they don't live in you know Crown Heights or something. It looks like they live in some kind of um, Manhattan. Then someone says later, uh, one of the other characters kind of makes like a poor crack, like, Yeah, you mean on the upper west side? And it's like, okay, so she lives in the upper west side. Then you find out he's a corporate lawyer and it's like, okay, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah,
0: that guy makes like at least four hundred thousand dollars a year. Their building costs like it's like a really nice three bedroom apartment with a doorman on the upper west side, which so that costs at least like six to seven thousand dollars a month. <laughs> And it's yeah, like, like, why
2: did they do that in terms of like creative decision making? I'm a little confused because like this is supposed to be like a classic thing. Like, oh, their half half sisters, one super rich and goes to this elite school. The other one's like not cool and supposed to be poor. Why didn't they just make her from Harlem? But, but actually, yeah, she, she takes the bus. They make sure to tell you that. So that's that's what makes her. Yeah, so she takes poor. a bus. Like once again, like why don't they just make her from Harlem or something like that? Another place you could take the bus from, yeah. like, literally any uh, anywhere else in New York. Like, why don't they just actually make her in some kind of, like, working class neighborhood instead of, like, living in the Epstein zone? Isn't that where that would place her? <laughs> like, he was Jeffrey, Upper
0: Epstein's East Side. Neighbor? Oh, okay. He was Upper East Side, yeah. Other side of town. This is, like, it's a great example of, like, what goes on with so often with the show that we've already mentioned that... It, like, verges on something that could be at least, like, if not totally original, at least, like, dramatically kind of interesting, then, like, pulls back. And it makes me wonder about the writer's room there because I feel like – I mean, that – the thing that Joshua uh, – Joshua, whatever the fuck his name is. I think it's, I think it's Saffron. Show. Saffron, yeah. Like, him saying, no slut shaming, no cat fights. They use their brains. It's like, okay – there is one brain at the head of this, it's Joshua Saffron, the guy whose previous experience was like running the show Quantico. Yeah, this is what this guy thinks is interesting, and you can you can almost see into the writers' room where they're like, okay, is she like, yeah, is she like from Crown Heights
1: or something? And he's like, no, I don't want her to be like poor. I he probably thinks he thinks this like third world. Like to him, it's like, oh no, like like that's that's too much, you know. She has, yeah. Uh, um, I think Dan was from Williamsburg, but they shot the exteriors in Dumbo. It was very confusing. Like like it was clearly Yes uh Dumbo. But uh, you know, this is like again, it's just cross town. Like it's not even like across a river or a bridge. You know, it's very bizarre. And uh to give to give full full disclosure, I watched the first six episodes weekly when it first aired. I forgot a lot of it. Uh I didn't realize how much I forgot till I started rewatching in anticipation for this episode. But because I thought we were recording tomorrow, I made a, a mental mess up, I only got through two episodes of the uh rewatch. So I have four episodes that I haven't rewatched, but I'm sure talking about them it'll come back. But what I was telling Felix before we recorded, I was surprised how much I forgot from the first watch a couple of months ago. I mean, it was like in a lot of ways watching all over again L- like it was that forgettable like i compared it to felix like waking up from a dream and you start forgetting stuff almost immediately like like that's what this show was like even the week-to-week watching i uh felt that way so what i'm doing now like uh my friend chris from the podcast on uh, escape from plan a yeah he and i were like watching it week to, week to week and we were uh and check out his podcast right away if you can give him a plug but we we were like going through notes and talking to each other all the time about how stupid the show is so i'm trying to pull that up to refresh myself and in real time i'm like getting re-horrified all over again <laughs> by how bad it was going through our real our real time chats on the show i mean while you pull that up i'd say like
2: my major thing with this is that The original show, and I didn't watch the original show, but the original show was, like, about an elite group of all-white students at this, like, pretty much all-white school for rich kids in New York, and they're all completely detestable, am I right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, like, that's why I thought that show, the original show is brilliant, is because it's, like, we've regressed so much that I felt like the point of that show isn't, like... Hey, you know they're in this crazy world, but at the end of the day, they're good people. It's like they're yeah. terrible. They're fucking and terrible.
1: Like, they're Tony Soprano or Don Draper, where they're terrible in a way that is at the same. It's like at the same time repellent, but also attractive. And as the audience, yes. you're kind of going through that, you know, tug tug of war. So they didn't actually try to make them nice. They just made their awfulness so appealing and sexy that you. Would kind of kind of fall under the spell, whereas this one is afraid to even let the awfulness be sexy. It just wants them to be good and undercut the awfulness every ten it's, minutes. It's it's disorienting to watch
2: because I kind of was like I was starving for uh, classic TV tropes while watching this because like I like you know they would identify like a clear villain, but then all of a sudden that villain would be nice, and I'm just like like, in the pilot, I'm like, alright, like, who the... Just fucking tell me who these people are. Like, (laughs) let me understand this easily. And it's so convoluted and baffling, like, that the bald girl... I mean, it's like, she's not really, like, a multidimensional character. She's just as, like, bipolar, kind of. Like, it's, like, written in that way, where she's, like, pretending to be mean to her sister and, like, be actually being mean to everybody else. It's very baffling. Like, I was hard to follow. And then... Oh, but what I was saying before is um the original was, like, these, like, detestable all-white students, but then, like, and i am um, T, I know you're going to have some stuff to say about this, but, like, they did this weird, you know, like, Trump-era diversification, like, attempt at this show to try to, like, I don't know, like, for some reason, like, th- they tried to add diversity to this show in, like, the worst possible way where they just, like, like, I think you had a tweet, T, that was, like, there's not, like, a straight black guy in the show. It's, like, they do the thing that we've seen a lot now.
1: I called it the world as the white man's harem trope. That's, that's what uh, I call that trope. Because, yeah, it's basically you only diversify on the female side, right? And then you pat yourself in the back for diversifying. But uh, the guys are just cis, straight. Um, th- there's one, like, pansexual guy, you know, but he just basically yeah, crushing, crushing ass all over. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Basically, oh yeah. And the other thing, there's one Asian guy, but he's like, for lack of a better word, like a. It's almost literal. He's like practically a literal cuck. Uh, So it's like they played into like this horrible, like uh, unmasculine or unsure, uh, effeminate like Asian man trope. You know, I felt like they did. That's the closest they come to a man of color, but even he's half Asian, so it's not even. It's
2: hard, like like, full man of color, but of all shows to do it too, it's like. The reason the first show or the original show worked is because they're all these like horrible rich white kids when it's like, you know, it doesn't really like make sense, nor is it realistic to have this elite boarding school in New York. That's like there's like two white kids that go there in this modern show and it's all extremely diverse. And, you know, this is a show where you should be hating like the students, right? Like the whole thing depends on that. And it doesn't work when there's like when they're extremely diverse, and it, quite frankly, it's like unrealistic the way they've diversified it, you know, because the world is not like that yet.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing about that trend, they're doing that trend in a lot of shows. Uh, Riverdale does it uh, too, where it's like they just diversify uh, all the women, but they leave you know the guys kind of white, white cis and straight or whatever. It, it just basically ends up as being uh, white guys having an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, Sexually, which is kind of like weird in terms of it's such a self-serving type of diversity. And if you look in the thread in real time, like I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, my God, this show reminds me of like probably the worst offender of uh, World as the White Man's harem trope, which is the show Quantico. And then like later on I look up and I find out, oh wait, this guy did quantico, so this guy's done this twice. Uh, he's done this again. And they, all, they always they always do
0: the in all all these shows. I've watched so many of these fucking shows now in the past year, year or two. And the thing they always do with that, with that trope, is like they have the white guy like fuck, just like, yeah, go, it's a small world with his dick. <laughs> but then they make up for it by like by having like having a scene where the girl's like Oh, you think it's so easy being white and handsome and nice? And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." (laughs) And then he like walks around and like feels bad about how easy his life is. And then she's like, "Hey, you're a good guy." And then he fucks a woman of a different race. (laughs) It's like like, they're like, "Okay, we need to do that thing. We need to like offset how the lead's still white." Okay, we've made it. We've we've gotten him yelled at, but he's not that. He's not like he's not actively racist, and he's good. He's gonna. He's even learning and growing. But uh, they're not actually inserting
2: diverse characters into, how do I describe this? Like a thing that shows do is they don't, they diversify their casting choices. They don't diversify the characters. Cause like I, it stuck out to me really early on into the show. There's like a couple moments where it's like, it feels like it it was written for the, there's some parts where it's like written for the original show and then they just like replaced it with different people. But like. There's like an older black couple walking into the school and like one of the students looks at them like right to their face is like, ew, don't you guys, don't you people have your own entrance or something like that? And I was, it was so jarring. I'm like, oh my God. But the, the person saying it was like a a, bl- a black student. I'm like, yo, this is like, there's just such a weird line of dialogue to throw in there that is it, it feels just overtly racist and then I don't think it's something that character would say it felt like it was a relic of an old script or something like that does that make sense? no
1: it totally yeah. makes sense uh, something that you said that I thought was very good just now about how they diversify their race but not the characters right is the two, the two girls are first they're like light skinned and like pretty biracial one is supposed to be full black the other one uh, with the bald head is supposed to be biracial but honestly they could both pass for having come from the same mother and father like, they are both pass for uh biracial so it's a marginal uh difference let's just say they're both biracial so basically between the two of them you pretty much have one one black girl right uh the the only fully black girl is reduced to a minion and the other minion is the trans girl so on top of having diversity be okay uh straight men of color uh don't exist, really. Uh, except for one half Asian guy. And, and he's a cuck, because, you know, that's how Asians are. And But we'll diversify the women. But, hey, they're not going to be too black. So, you know, but we'll have one... Fo- but, hey, don't worry. we have one fully black girl and one trans girl, right? But they're not going to be in the same level as the rest of the cast. They're just going to be the minions, you know? So if you notice, like, the two characters that I think count for the most... Uh, like technically marginalized, even though at the end of the day, they're both rich. So on a class level, neither is really that marginalized. They're just orbiters to, you know, these two white kids and these two half-white looking uh, kids. So this movie kind of backed itself up into accidentally more racist things all the time. I'd rather it be fully white than create these weird hierarchies of colorism and, and, and gender and, uh, codified into the show explicitly
0: i'm gonna back up for a second so we can introduce these characters to um people in the audience who are um have not had to subscribe to hbo max um so they they introduce they have all the kids getting ready for school and arriving at school they have uh, the, uh jordan who's like biracial uh like instagram influencer who like speaks in sort of like social justice truisms talks a lot about her platform and she's sort of like the queen bee here she's sort of like the uh blair figure i guess you have uh, zoya who we just mentioned who's like like a composite of dan and serena a little bit and if you recall correctly uh serena's secret was that they thought she killed a guy versus hold the fire alarm you uh you you have the the nate you have the nate character who's Otto, uh or obi they call him and he's like you know his his mom's like some german countess and his dad's like a rupert murdoch type but he's like he's a do-gooder who constantly live streams himself at protests and he's he basically like his only character flaw is that he's like sixteen and doesn't know if he's like doing all this social justice shit because he feels bad or for the right reasons. And there's a receding uh, line.
1: like that guy is like, I don't know why they cast him in there. He does not, yeah, look the right age. But but that, that's a different story. No, yeah, you
0: have you have Max, who's sort of like the Chuck figure. He's like a bisexual kid who like wants to fuck everything that moves, but like whereas chuck was like in an outstandingly like evil awful fucking character like a piece of shit like a rapist like in the first episode he attempts to rape somebody uh like a budding little brett Kavanaugh. they instead just make him like a sad lost like lonely little (laughs) pansexual boy so like taking out most of like what made that character interesting uh you have uh audrey who's like the actress looks sort of like Taylor Momsen. I was getting confused. about yeah, right? Taylor Momsen. I guess she's like.
1: I guess she's like thirty well, now. So are but. a lot of the actors in the show. To me, she looks like if somebody did a face morph between Taylor Momsen and uh, Leeton Meester because she kind of looks like Leighton Meester. Yeah. Once you get past the hair, uh, and look and look yeah. just at the face. But yeah, I was thinking like they just like smush the two of them together into a new person and found her. She's like a
0: sort. So, yeah, she's like the dismissive, like rich Daria type uh and then you have her boyfriend aki who is like they have him be bisexual and they're in an open relationship but aki is probably like the lead like he could be played by a robot how they do this because like he is there's no like he's so this is such a this is us character because there's no like friction to him he's like any time like there's so many every episode has has at least three scenes where audrey is like you know, bitching out of him about like some problem in her life or like problem between her friends. And he's like, you should verbalize your communication between you and your mother. And it's like, so like, he's just like, he's totally okay with like them being in an open relationship where it's mostly just her fucking other guys and her coming to him with all her problems. And he's, this is like a 16 year old child. And he just always, he always sounds like someone who's been a CBT therapist. (laughs) For thirty years <laughs> but, but what the fuck is this character I mean, but, lot but of that. I
1: think I might be reading too much into this, but I think that comes from him being half Asian because I feel like in a lot of uh fiction where they even go back to something like Bonanza like in the 50s and 60s with hop sing like uh, a lot of times the Asian person is kind of there to give like uh stereotypical fortune cookie wisdom mm. and I just feel like because he's not white uh they do this a lot with non-white characters that they make them kind of the conscience of the show because you know they don't want to re- write a non-white person too badly you know so with the white person they have all their fun doing all the relish uh the one exception i think is that black girl was actually the meanest character in the show but they way overcorrected yeah. her like they just she's like a, just a sociopath. patch she's not charming to her meanness at all like blair she's just like okay this chick is going to kill somebody someday and yeah and hire someone to cover it up like she's just to one note. <laughs> that's why like that's why I,
2: what I was trying to get at with like the weird diversification choices of this show where it's like the, I feel like the interesting way to handle this would be to keep like to keep it as like this elite all wh- basically all white school but like insert characters who could respond accordingly like based on who they are, you know, but instead they just kind of like reskin these existing characters and kind of alter them a little bit and and neuter them, you know where they're just kind of like this Yeah cuz I think it yeah. takes away everything.
1: I mean, there are rich uh black people who go to these types of schools and are as nasty and mean as the original, you know, gossip girl characters, but you know like that does in occasion happen in real life. There might be the only one or two, but you know, they they might even overcompensate to fit in, but I think this show is struck with liberal racism where it's like, okay, we can diversify uh the privileged kids with a couple of you know black kids, but I think the liberal racism is keeping them from letting them um be as mean as they could be, <laughs> and I think that I think this is causing the undercutting like they're always having them suddenly like the the mean girl the I guess she's supposed to be the blair the bald head girl they're talking about patriarchy and feminism in the middle of doing a mean girl rant and it's like okay yeah you clearly are just not are afraid to have her be too mean. the only thing that confounded me on this show and I just can't really figure it out, maybe you guys can. I'm so curious why they were so comfortable letting the fully black girl who was the minion be as mean as he did. I almost wondered if she wasn't written to be black, but they just like the actress and hired her cuz
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. And these are the final two student characters I was going to introduce. It's Luna, who's like uh, yeah, she's she's like a stylist and like cons- she's basically the top minion for Julian who's the bald headed chick uh and then uh Monet who's her charge who the the black one and it's like i definitely... i i feel like now i was there in the writers room because they're going around and they're like oh we need like we uh colorism we need a we need a, a black girl with braids and then we need dark a, skin. a trans That's girl it. yeah and like it just like the black girl like Monet she like does all this awful shit and she's like completely like antagonistic and like cruel, but like not
1: even for her own benefit. Like it's not even doing anything oh, for her. Oh, it's such a oh, fucking no. weird choice. There is a benefit, but it's mentioned in passing so slightly that I actually didn't catch it the first time. Uh, but it's it's really stupid. It's actually worse to though. She is trying to get an internship at Edelman. Oh, my God. Uh, Now, she's trying to get into Edelman. For people who don't know what uh, Edelman is, it's a multinational public relations company, right? Uh, If you go to edelman.com, you will see Edelman. This is what it says. Edelman is in... Public affairs. Yeah. American public relations and marketing consultancy firm founded in 1952 by and named after Daniel Edelman. It is currently run by his son Richard Edelman, as of 2018, it is the largest public relations firm in the world by revenue and with 6,000 employees. So she says this in passing and it comes up again in her last episode. But basically, how she does managing, uh, Julian, who's a bald headed girl's social media presence will make or break where the, she can get an internship at Edelman. So that's basically what they look at for Edelman is how well did you manage your classmates? Well, uh, it's also funny because it's like social media, bit like
2: any student at a school like this would have no problem getting uh, an internship at Edelman because like 50% of the, <laughs> their parents would
1: be working there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or employing Edelman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's very funny. And they show her dining table and she has one of those long dining tables that she eats by herself with like a servant on either side. I'm like, so this girl really needs to manage this this other girl's pace to get an element internship. All the all the scenes of
0: like them eating alone in their apartments, they reminded me of like those eighties like hair metal videos where like Rat or Dokken would come to a fancy dinner and like rock out to freak out some lame old rich guy and fuck <laughs> his daughter.
3: <laughs>
0: the dan is like Danzig's gonna pop out with a <laughs> werewolf, scare the shit out of her. But uh so then we, we get the faculty and we establish that like the kids like are awful and do a good job of like getting the teachers filed. Before you get
1: to the teachers, I wanna backtrack to something that you said because I think you really hit the nail on the head, but I don't think you fleshed it out enough. I think you really hit the nail on the head. I think those two girls, the minions, I think you're right. Someone said, uh, I was looking at Tumblr and they really are caring about this colorism issue. They're they're blasting Netflix for having biracial girls all the time. We need a dark-skinned girl, but also this trans stuff is really popping. We need a trans girl. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, well, who can we sacrifice to the altar of uh, Tumblr? Well, put the two most insignificant, lowest tier of the, of the characters and just make them uh, trans and a dark-skinned girl. Because if you notice... The one girl never mentions that she's black, even though the other two girls uh, bring up race. Uh, So I think they were conceived as whatever. And the trans girl never mentions that she's trans, ever. And I would give it credit for not caring about it and trying to say, oh, um, it doesn't matter if she's trans or not. She's just a woman. So we're not even going to mention that. But I will not give this show that credit. I just think they were too lazy to change the dialogue. So I just want to say I think you really struggled with with that theory. i'm yeah i'm pl- i'm plotting on for when i
0: make <laughs> one of these shows so yeah we we established that like yeah the one area where the like they allow the kids to be awful is that they always get the teachers fired so then we set up for the teachers to start gossip girl the sort of head teacher the most important character in the faculty end is kate she's the English teacher. Uh, played by Tavi Gevinson, who is sort of like a a literary fashion wonderkind when she was a kid. A Lab School product, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Lab School is like, um, for the south side of Chicago at least, it's like um, our kind of Dalton.
2: Is it like not Crossroads really? a in L.A.? Bit. It's like I don't know where all Crossroads the is.
0: like rich kids go. It's not. It's more. It's more like it, it's like a very achievement focused school. Like if you if you have like a kid and you okay rewind. If you or your uh, parent or grandparent taught at the University of Chicago system, and you you can afford this, uh, and your kid loves standardized mm. tests, that's <laughs> place to send them. Send them to lab school. Your kid will be working for. The next Obama administration in no time. It's like an incubator for sweating at a press conference and saying you didn't you didn't know that uh, we ID the wrong <laughs> on strike. But uh, well, that sounds so, perfect.
2: It sounds similar to this show because Tavi Gevinson, yeah. uh, a line I wrote down that I thought was like uh, very funny is she goes, we're supposed to send them out of here as Barack Obama's instead of Brett Kavanaugh's when she was speaking about the students and I, I got a good little cackle about that. It was
0: like a really, yeah, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in this show. I wrote that down that like, we see this, like where the scene right before this, where they're like having the kids go around being like, Hey, uh, your dad owns the building, but you support the workers. (laughs) Blah, 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 platform, blah, blah, blah. And then they go to the teachers and it's like every, like, this is so, this is like a show written by Twitter. You know, this is so this is they should you shouldn't be allowed to be on Twitter if you're a TV writer because this is what happens. Yeah, it's like a rhythm. It's like four things, four things of like really bad ground laying. Like they'll have a uh, fucking love Zoya be like, Dad, don't be worried that today is my first day of school at the most expensive school in the upper east side. uh. I'll be fine. I'm I, I'm 14 years old now, and we just moved from Buffalo. Even though they, they, we were financially stretched living here, like every character, they do the shittiest ground laying, and then like after four lines of ground laying, they'll be like, "It's not, it's not like I'm Clarence Thomas." Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I wonder what's gonna happen in the first day of school—a fucking filibuster—and it's like, oh, cool. You, know, you also read teen, the Teen Vogue politics. You're also the people who were fucking shit in themselves that they were rerunning uh, news yeah these articles.
2: people all the students are making references that like you would only learn how to make after going to grad school, you know yeah, and yeah. they're like yeah, some of the
1: patriarchy and stuff like that. yeah, it's very weird and, you know uh to touch on a couple of things you guys have been saying, the tabby Gibson choice right because I'm older than you guys, I'm Gen X, so I can't remember Tabby Givinson hype, and she was blogging at like twelve yeah she's very much of the classic blog era and i feel like um this thing is kind of written by or whatever like these gen x and elder millennials who are trying to pretend that you know they're like cooler so it's like a twittery show and a blog it's a blog rooted and twitter rooted show but pretending that it's for the kids so they even that like kind of poke fun to themselves like nobody under 30 would dare go to twitter and it's like all you guys are lying every single one in the writer's room does not think Twitter is uncool, because this show is pure Twitter. You're just trying to pander to, you know, 14-year-olds, and so you're trying to say, like, hey, hey, kids, this isn't written by Twitter people, you know? Uh, we know Twitter's uncool, but secretly, they're all just Twitter people writing the show, so I find that kind of funny, but she's such a throwback. I'm like, who's the show for? They're acting like they're pandering to uh, this new generation that only prefers things like Instagram and things like that, and uh, they don't even have the attention span to read a blog anymore. But you're throwing in these references that are so Twittery and so blogosphere. Like, what resonance is Tabby Gevinson going to have to uh, a modern-day influencer? Like, in the life cycle of a social media where, you know, a generation is like five years, she's uh, ancient. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. it's yeah, very confused. And I feel like... I feel like so the core of the show is built around something like the core activity that they do. Like in the old show, it's like hedonism. It's clubbing. And there's some of that in this show. But the core activity in this one is like social media presence. And the thing they're relying on is something that like talk about things moving fast. Something that I think is already kind of dated that I feel like younger people are like falling out of just judging by like my younger relatives and shit. And just. From what I can pick up from the culture, it's this like very 2018, 2019, like influencer activism thing of very like flowerly flowery social justice language and like infographics. But I feel like, you know, people disagreed with me when I predicted this. I and I know, T, you said very similar things that a lot of this was going to fall out of favor when Biden was president because the promise was that you're not going to have to pay attention to this stuff anymore. That was the implicit sale line with Biden. And it's like, no, I see a lot less of that. And I really have trouble believing that like, this would be the sole animating thing for these characters. And I like, I feel like, again, like they could have done something really interesting here. They could have made this like really funny and interesting, like having like this reality that we lived the past, like, few years where it's like you're basically making people without formed brains like make these declarative political statements as if they're leaders and everyone's just staring at their phones and people get called out and like fucking apologize for the most
1: ridiculous shit in the world but they never go that it It buys too much into what it's covering to get enough distance to satirize like there's so much potential for good satire in there and they're just too busy drinking the Kool-Aid and sniffing their own farts and trying to pander to the kids like uh, Steve Buscemi and the Hello Fellow Kids meme that they can never get the perspective. And, and also, I think they craft, I was telling you guys this, I think they craft humor the way uh, someone with an empathy impairment, like soci- sociopathy or extreme autism would try to craft a joke where it's like, okay, uh, I think I know how jokes work. Uh, this person uses, I saw this person use this rhythm and this cadence and this pacing, and then make a face. And then everybody laughed. So if I can just imitate that um, cadence and pacing, and have a character make a face, then I think I just made a joke, so then people will probably laugh. So let me just write that in. So there's people doing things that kind of have the structure of, this is meant to be funny, but it's clearly by, uh, written by a robot. It's like it's like a robot. Actually no, I think a robot could probably do better, but it's just like someone that had an algorithm uh I, I don't think yeah. anyone with, who had a human emotion in their life was involved in crafting anything in the show that's exactly it i
0: feel like they reverse engineered every scene from like they saw like gifts that people gifts of scenes from other shows that people post that they like and they're like oh how do we work backwards from making a gift moment how do i work backwards from laughter to make a joke and also but, and, uh, and also
1: never asking themselves um what makes something funny <laughs> like 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 emotionally yes. like what emotion are they connecting to they made them like this in the first place you know that didn't cross their mind like what what the emotional resonance uh was yes so
0: they so the teachers start gossip girl it's basically run and come up with by the tabby Gevinson character by kate and they what i think is funny in this show is they do have some stuff about like canceling like there was an episode where like uh Jordan gets canceled for, uh, or for Julian, sorry, gets canceled for, uh, like making a fat joke when she was 13 or not even really a fat joke, but like this account, the gossip girl account, it's an Instagram account because no one reads blogs anymore that functions the same as gossip girl, which is to like start rumors and like spread drama among like rich high school students, which is funny because it's amazing how quick they just go to child pornography yes and like it's how quickly like toby Gevinson and like one of the they're just like recording kids nakedly making out in the window and it's like wouldn't that be canceled like yes and like isn't that an example of something
2: that should be canceled and and, like and i know (laughs) i've like dwelled on race a lot so far in this episode but like it is very important to me in the context of like critiquing this because very like 10 minutes into the episode, if you're just like coming into this and you don't even like, I didn't watch the first one. I'm just aware of it. Like all of a sudden, if you're fresh eyes watching it, you're, you're like, you see this like very nice, like biracial girl that comes to school and she's like poor and compared to the rest of them. And all of a sudden, like this, like white teacher who's like 29 is like debating whether to ruin her life and like post like naked pictures of something. And you're like, Oh oh, wait, the teachers are the good guys. (laughs) Yeah. But like that, Tavi is the good person. Like, because like her friend got fired like, and, uh,
0: that's they, and they could have, the students are the bad ones. Yes, They could have, it's very weird, but like they don't commit to anyone being (laughs) a bad one. Like they could. So I like, I don't want to watch. I've seen every episode of the show. I don't want to watch any more. But I want to see like what they do with the tabby character because it's like, okay, she's a literal child pornographer who's like ruining kids' lives because like her friend yeah. got fired or something. But then they give her all these scenes where she talks about imposter yeah. syndrome. <laughs> so it's like you are clearly supposed to kind of like this character. Oh, totally. But
1: and, and, and they also yeah. talk about how it's helping. Like the kids are getting involved in school now and they're paying attention. No, so okay. they make it seem like yeah. gossip girl is. Is this is this kind of corrective? Um, so so basically corrective child pornography I mean like I mean like mean, feel like that's it's, like the, it's,
2: it's the like, writer's psyche bleeding into the script where they're like writing it in to be like actually it's good to spend all day on Twitter just posting it actually makes some people better <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's there like, are yeah it's like it's like when uh, Kellyanne Conway was accused of leaking her daughter's nudes to get her in line like that's pretty much these these, <laughs> these teachers are doing the equivalent of, of that like because this is what I thought the show was I kept making the mistake of giving it too much credit when I was first watching it, but by the end of the first episode, I was cured of that. But during the first episode, when I was still giving them credit, I was thinking maybe this is like election where the uh, the obsession of Matthew Broderick with Tracy Flick is meant to relate badly on both generations. Like she's this generation of you know you're just raised to be polished and become an Ivy League automaton and whatever. And we've just the me generation has just raised this generation of. um climbing automatons and then the teacher was kind of this you know guy that was approaching middle age was obsessed with kids and i'm like you know what on social media especially on twitter we have so many millennials who are gossiping about and standing and um spilling the tea so to speak on like teenagers and stuff like talking about harry styles and, you know and they're like pushing 40 and and talking about who was Livia rodrigo talking about in her in her song you know and i was like Okay, she's like on a Disney, like doing Disney Channel gossip. But I'm like, maybe this is a commentary on two online millennials, like you know who uh, are like emotionally stunted and they're like gossiping and over-involving themselves in the lives of teenagers. Because I've seen people complain about someone sexualizing the uh, Stranger Things stars and uh, standing them, and people talking about there are a bunch of adults. Gossiping about who was Olivia Rodrigo, who's like seventeen. Oh, was yeah. Talking about her co-star on the Disney Channel show in a song. And these are grown people debating this, or yet grown people saying, "Oh, Olivia Rodrigo gives me the representation I need." I'm like, she's seventeen, and you're forty. Oh, yeah. That probably me a lot. It's like, dude, you <laughs> should not <laughs> like, be on your radar. You should barely know that. It's like, yeah, it should not be in your radar There's like a type of person. You should is, be making her your hero.
2: Yeah, it's like. <laughs>
1: like you should not be looking up to this child you're you need to start a family <laughs> do something yeah yet. yeah exactly you should be thinking of yourself as an elder and you should be inspiring her even if she's more famous than you you know like what are you doing and i thought maybe they're making fun of that like these maybe. teachers are uh millennials uh youth obsessed media obsessed millennials who have lost the plot and i thought they were going for that because even when the um guys outside i can't believe i'm taking pictures of kids and i'm like oh maybe he's realizing like what the hell has my life become but they just brush right over it and it's like looks like it worked the kids are behaving better now i was like holy (laughs) shit yeah and no they actually think this is a good thing they they don't have the self-awareness to realize that they're, they're sitting on a ripe satire
2: the it's not really related to the show but it is funny like i like that type that you're bringing up uh, because I'm very fascinated by that type of millennial or Gen Xer where they're like, they're so obsessed with kind of like trying to follow the youth trends and like track them. These people often work at like uh newspapers or media agencies or something like that. And then sometimes like they're trying yep. to get ahead of the curve so much that sometimes they end up like becoming obsessed with something that they perceive is popular amongst young people, but young people don't even know what the fuck it is. I can't think of A good, good example. Yeah, they overshoot the mark. Yeah. Where I've like had situations where it's like a bunch of older people on Twitter talking about something like, Oh, even though it's for kids, I'm obsessed with it. Like, and then you ask like a Gen Z person, they're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I've never heard of that in my life. And I think like honestly I think Rookie Mag might have been a little bit of that, you know? Like Rookie Mag was one of those things where it was a, a magazine for kids Tavi started it, but but also yeah. one of those where it was like it became more famous by being written up in like the New York Times and pro, you know like all of the legacy media outlets were obsessed with her. Um and like I don't know how many yeah, I think kids older people read it.
1: were into it more than yes. younger people by the end. Yes.
0: I never had this experience as like young young like being a minor necessarily like maybe like a tiny bit like just being on the internet when I was like 14 and shit but like I first like started like working in media so to speak when I was like 24 25 and I did there was a sense among like some like 45 year olds I knew where it's like it's not that complicated. You know, it is like a way of like living vicariously through someone, you know, I remember once I was like 25 and I was at a bar with like a 40 something year old who like tangentially worked in media. And there was some like, it was weird. There was a girl like this in like 2015. I don't know what she was doing in like Bushwick. She was like a scene girl. She was like a Midwestern scene girl. (laughs) I, uh, and like he was talking to her and then he just like, he comes back to me just like very aggressively like you should fuck her <laughs>
3: like, what? What? What?
0: What? <laughs> what it was like you're cr- what and he's just like keeps talking about it he like keeps wanting me to like go up and like fuck this girl i was like dating someone at the time I, someone
1: was telling you to you should fuck the scene girl or the scene girl was telling you you should fuck someone else
0: no 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 this guy was telling me to fuck this yeah, girl um, oh okay. and yeah Thank- yeah and, like, I, there's a lot of, like, weird shit like that that, like, people would say to me when I was, like, you know, younger. And I do, like, it is, I feel like most people in media do have, what are the things that, like, people in media always talk about? Imposter syndrome, anxiety, like, being an introvert of some type. Uh, And there is a general sense among of them of, like, having missed out on their youth, right? Yes. Oh, I was, uh, I didn't know I was, like this new thing where everyone just says that they're hot. I didn't know I was hot when I was in fucking high school. No one thinks they're like, I'm sorry. Like even when you're in high school, like the kids, you think they're hot, think they kind of look like shit. Like teenagers are insecure. Like no one's having a good, like that good of a time all the time. Uh, and then they have this, like they carry this resentment with them forever. And then they, when they see someone who's young, they're like, oh, I know. I'll, like, help them live out those years.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's like the parent that wants to uh, correct their mistakes through the kid. I think they have that thing going on generationally because um, I'm someone who's Gen X. And I feel like a big conversation that a lot of Gen X people have because I know people now who kind of have, like, small little companies or things where, you know, they have interns or they're in a company where – um there are interns there or whatever and they're like, I know one lady, she was, um, she was older than me and she had this uh, fashion company and it was, she was uh, ex-punk, you know, from, from that era. Yeah. So she was out in like the 70s and whatever on the punk scene. Like she was like there for it all and it was just annoying her how much her uh, interns weren't fucking, like it was really bothering <laughs> her. She was just like, what are you guys doing this weekend? Oh, we you know, we're just going to stay home and watch Netflix. And she goes, why don't you go do some drugs and do something? You know, why don't you go have some fun? Like, <laughs> like if I had to feed him at your age, I'd be doing all this stuff. And they're like, oh, no, we don't want to. So she's like just trying to push them to, you know, have more sex or have more fun and partying. And it, it drives them crazy, you know? But that's why I think these shows like Euphoria and all these shows are supposedly capturing the craziness of new Gen Z and younger teens. Unlike my Gen Z cousins and nieces and nephews and stuff, they don't do anything. They just do hobbies. They're very chill. Like, you know, they don't look like well, you, yeah. you at all. But Gen Xers want to relive their years through. Uh, I I
0: I, I, shows. I I yeah. I have Gen Z cousins who are like, uh, they're like more like outside and shit. But it's still like it's like not like this from what I can tell. And uh, it, it, it's none of them watch this shit this is not exactly for gen Z and
2: you know you know what causes, you know what creates people like the the ones we're talking about the Millennials and the Gen Xers you know what creates them and creates a show like this is that the sample group that they are basing their perception of where they're basing gen Z on there is like the gen Z people that they're encountering on Twitter and places where they hang out which most of them aren't you know and they think that like every single kid in gen z is like joining the dsa and is super woke and blah 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 and they're all about that and
1: and doing bumps of coke and bushwick and it's like you know, no I
2: mean, yeah it's like yeah. It, this is a small amount of people that are you're coming across in your own space like you know they're they're the ones that are kind of like in your orbit and
1: it's not really realistic you know jack i'm so glad you said that because you actually took a note that i was <laughs> gonna say but with regards to race which is that um I feel that they're the same way with race. Like, they're like, we want to diversify, but the only um, black people they know or they can get um, any type of cross checking with are a certain type of black person in media Twitter that, you know, that makes them feel comfortable or people they went to school with, you know, at Harvard or NYU or something. So I think they're having that on multiple fronts. They uh, don't actually know any typical versions of anybody, just the. the Gen Z people in their Twitter circles or their social circles or the people of color in there. And with regards to the type of elder millennial or Gen Xer that we're covering, they can't properly satirize or spoof that type of character because it's being written by that type of character. It's like asking them to spoof themselves. They don't have enough distance from it or to even know why it's uh, wrong. And I think that's why they just sweep under the rug that Dabbling in child pointing because that's pretty much how they are. Like, like, like they'd probably look at like a leaked Stranger Things um nude or something of of like a fourteen year old and be like, "Is this really what I'm being reduced to?" Oh well, I'm gonna share with my friends anyway. <laughs> like, like they yeah. would have that split second and get over it type of reaction. So of course their characters would. Well, where yeah. where did we leave off? Well, we were talking about um the teachers. I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, the
0: teachers. Uh, anyway, so like, yeah, they. This is where the show sort of kicks into gear. They, like, start a fight between uh, Zoya and uh, Julian, the sisters, the half-sisters. One of the secrets they reveal is that Julian or Zoya is on scholarship, but uh, she didn't earn it through her own merit. She more earned it because her sister engineered for her to get the scholarship, which I don't see how that's a huge scandal, but whatever. Uh, and that that it sort of like kicks off a schism between the two. Every episode after this, I do not really have to go through it because they're all the same. Like there are some major like season arcs, like uh Obi the Kraut. He he leaves uh Julian because she's boring now. She leaves him for her half sister. Leaves her for her half sister. A uh, Max the like uh pansexual they say kid he like he's like in a relationship with a teacher who turns out to be evil but the max initiated it um audrey is like can't figure out if hockey is gay or not and also her mom is bankrupt and like uh an alcoholic and uh like zoya starts dating Obi, but like he they like don't like each other after like four episodes And, and it the that's the main arc the episodic arc for every episode is the exact same Tavi like starts some shit on using the gossip girl page and like has like a morality moment like oh is this bad to do is oh is it bad to like post 15 year olds genitals I don't know (laughs) and uh then like some guys like no this is good they're like doing homework again which I don't really (laughs) see how one leads to the other yeah yeah, exactly uh,
1: what is the causation there yeah it's very like just paper thin like are, are there posts that they're not showing on 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 camera where gospel girls like guess we didn't do their homework again today or, <laughs> this person's a real dunce they didn't raise their hand because because they're saying stuff like yeah the students are raising their hands in class suddenly and they're engaged and also like um you know they're doing their homework and it's like if anything i would think gospel girl would make them scared about social stuff like because gospel girl doing stuff like uh we need to call him Flunky Frank because he just keeps on... (laughs) (laughs) God. It's
3: so stupid.
2: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how, like, airing out, like, these deep, dark secrets of the student would help them focus on their schoolwork, you know?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense because, like, yeah, the meat... That's... So that's all the season stuff. And... But the episodic stuff, you know, this is, like just as far as structure you know this is like a justified type show where there's like two or three season arcs but it's mostly an episodic show that like problem of the episode every uh, which is like a good format justified a great show it's a good way to do tv unfortunately in this show the episodic stuff is like oh uh, gossip girl posted that like i like me and uh, me, me me and Zoe are like not happy oh gossip girl posted that like uh she's causing a fight between the two sisters on their birthday. just like shit like that. And it's, it's just like, so fucking, that's what makes the show. I mean, a lot of stuff makes the show ephemeral in the way we talked about, but I think the thing that like kicks it over the edge to the point where like you can, I can barely distinguish any of the six episodes I saw is that most of the scenes are just like these kids huddled around on their phones and going like, Oh my God, what did gossip? Yeah. Say, oh my oh we have to repost this oh what the what gossip girls offline and it's like gives you i think that's it i think that's why this show feels so bad it feels like you know everyone's had this day in quarantine where you're supposed to do something you know whether it's like send fucking email out emails out, or write something or like clean up and you're just on your phone for like seven hours on and off, it gives me the same feeling as that. Why the fuck would I want to watch characters yeah. do that? Why even make them rich?
1: Yeah, they never really point. like in,
2: they don't use their they money, don't need it like they just go to like fancy bars, I guess, like and order martinis. Yeah, yeah
1: that's that's basically all you do with their, with their money. And that brings me to a, a, another point about this show. Right, is that the first Gossip Girl was very centered in the new york media of the time but it wasn't really so much about it but the new york media really really ate it up and i would say the two entities i think really i think um capture what the original gossip girl was in the zeitgeist was like the new york magazine of that era right and yes gawker i feel like gawker and new york magazine are and the general blogosphere is kind of what was being channeled in the original Gossip Girl. It was like a symbiotic or a um, two-way relationship. Like, uh, they would cover Gossip Girl breathlessly, but also the kind of people that regularly appeared in Gawker and New York Magazine would constantly be name-dropped and mentioned in Gossip Girl. So they had a really kind of cool two-way relationship that I think when you watch old Gossip Girl episodes, you can kind of know what was happening in New York media at the time, but they didn't make the New York media the plot of the show except through Gossip Girl. Like, Gossip Girl was the figure that represented New York media. And there was a big trend in debutante blogs. Like, there were actual real versions of Gossip Girl that predated Gossip Girl. The the, the debutante blog gossip sheet was a real trend of the time. Yes, This one is interesting, but it still technically tried to be about rich people. This one's problem is that everybody's Gossip Girl. It's like yes. it's like if Gossip Girl existed, where everybody had their own competing Gossip Girl blog. Like Gossip Girl is really just one more Instagram account among eight Instagram accounts on this. Like show. if that really, so yeah, if, one if, if, if this show
2: is real, there would already be like ten to fifteen Gossip Girl accounts, and everybody would be posting that shit anyway. This would like in this r- exactly. real version of the school. Like, it wouldn't even be a blip on the radar. It would just be like, oh, like more rumors. That's probably the main thing that they're distracted by already. And Julian's
1: already an influencer.
0: Yeah. Julian probably has a far bigger presence than Gossip Girl. Like, I think the only thing that would happen would be Tavi Gevinson instantly getting arrested.
2: Instantly. I was going to say, that's like another reason why this is unrealistic. (laughs) Because, like, yeah, like in this, we're speaking about them not using their wealth. Like, if you're to believe that these kids are like, children are very wealthy, powerful people. If this happened in one of those schools, the next day there would be like a private Israeli, like, um, you know, cybersecurity team there. And like all of the top lawyers in New York, just raiding the school, pulling IPs yeah, and like d- finding exactly if, who did it.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Especially with a child porn yeah. post.
0: Yeah. If your dad was like Rupert Murdoch or some other billionaire, like all these kids, parents are, and you're like, Hey, Someone is running a blog where they're posting photos of me naked, like surveillance photos. It would be like how, ha- like SEAL Team 6 would bust into that fucking school. <laughs> like they, the, the the show would be one episode. It would be like her starting the account and then instantly is taken out by a Barrett 50 Cal 20 meters outside the school. And they're like, okay, gossip girls. Up. And they all went to new school in Tish and f- fucking RISD. Yeah, I
2: actually want to see a law lo- I story. want to see a law and order crossover with this. It would be a good one because yeah, it would be where like, like where it's like It would be like yeah. the DA comes in or like somebody that works for the mayor and talks to Benson and is like, My daughter goes to the school. I want you personally handling this and finding whoever whatever the sicko is and then they have they arrest Tavi at the
1: end, she's crying, take her to court. The, they just <laughs> and, arrest the entire school. Yeah. <laughs> and they should. And the funny thing too is that they have because I think these people don't really think long term. Like, there's a lot of things here that's like, okay, six episodes. It's so possible to make a tight six episodes. Like you know, you don't have to think twenty four episodes ahead, like a network season. You don't have to think multiple seasons ahead. Like how can six episodes be so flying by the seat of their ass? One example being the teacher turning evil. I'm sorry, I do not believe for a second the first two episodes they planned that. That was the weirdest no. heel turn ever. Like that. That is clearly making it up as you go along but so she she they have the the porn thing the child porn thing on the th- on the blog first episode and i think they already forgot that they did that because second episode the episodic dilemma is wow now they're fighting fire with fire they're doing a war they're flagging all our posts gossip girl is down already you know and it's like oh my god we just got off the ground and we hit our first snafu it's like um walter white's first uh stumble and his in his in his meth game like you know that in that second episode it's like what 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 do we do now you know and then the white guy says don't worry it's just a um uh, scare tactic they're um uh, flagging all the posts but they're under review but you know we didn't do anything wrong so it should be it sh- it'll be back up by the end of the day so just take it easy and she's like well what are we gonna do in the meantime while we're down and then sure enough like six hours later uh, it's released and the gas prediction was right, and it's like, well, no, you had child porn on, porn on there. If they actually flagged every post, and that was one of the ones that would be flagged, you would totally be on the FBI watch list, and they would probably not un unflag it. Like I think they actually forgot what they just did the last the last episode. You know, it just made made no sense that attracting that amount of attention to the blog that early would not have gotten it shut down.
0: Yeah, it, it is.
1: It's completely fucking insane
0: it's just it is like it really does feel like made up as it went along like everything in the show does
1: nowadays this is weird type of thing that they call a multi-hyphenate where there's not real actors anymore there's not real activists there's not real public intellectuals everybody's one thing like you know the jamila jamils and uh those types where it's like hey this actor-slash-activist-slash-influencer-slash-whatever. And, you know, to me, that is kind of, like, what the modern, like, media figure is and Gossip Girl. And, like, I think one of the problems with this show, to go on what I was saying before, is the first time it's like, okay, Nate wants to be in politics. Chuck is going to take over the real estate and hotel game. Uh, Blair is going to be in fashion. And and I think the only person that really wanted to be in media was uh, Dan. But this yeah. one everybody wants to be um the same thing like that's what i'm saying instead of being kind of informed by media but technically about rich people this thing is actually about media not rich people because everybody in this thing wants to be in media everyone wants to be like obi is basically trying to be one of these uh celebrity activists um julian's a celebrity activist like everyone is a multi-hyphenate everybody is trying to get the minion wants to work at edelson like they all want to get into media so it's just like and the teacher really wants to be a writer and is running a blog so it's the media is too directly injected into the actual in story of the show it's not just informing the show in the background but the whole show is oh and and the black girl uh the young one zoe she wants to write plays like Everybody, she wants to go to Yale Drama, which is where they put Yale Drama in there because that's where Jeremy O'Harris, the writer of Slave Play, went. And in the first episode, she ends the episode reading Slave Play. I don't know if you noticed, but she's reading, which is another, yeah. a 14-year-old girl reading uh, Slave Play. Like, okay. <laughs> that's a perfect example of what of what I think Jack was talking about, where these old white media people, they love Slave Play. And when they run into it, like a Gen Z person, they find that one the New York media version of that like twelve year old kid who loves West Wing you know and it's like okay that guy's just a freak most kids who are twelve don't care about Washington insider politics they probably have met one or two fourteen year olds who actually like uh, slave play but that's not a normal thing a fourteen year old who has
0: lived her entire life in Buffalo to this point loves slave play did you you saw the scene where um Another like they, they love doing this with the Zoya character, like having her like having like a cartoonishly like evil person or like out of touch person in front of her. And then she goes off on like a social justice monologue. And then like for, when they have her do that in the theater. Oh, I, I like, saw that. episode uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, like talk about how like d- plays are about experiences that you can't get. You have to open up your uh, purview to like people who didn't like it. And then Jeremy O'Harris sees her and is like, you're a genius. I need to talk to
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't show what they talked about. Like, you know, it's so stupid. But, but the other thing that was funny, too, was the things that she was naming, I can't remember them offhand, but this is a perfect example of, it's, it's like when a dumb person tries to write a smart character. This is an example of, like, an extremely white person trying to write the woke black person schooling the extremely white uh, white out of touch people but they just can't do it yeah so, the thing that she names uh, do you remember the things i can't remember them offhand, but do you remember her examples of what they should be listening? it was the most obvious yes she she mentions like staples of theater and one of them is like a white lady and it's like okay that is not and, and one is a gay person a white gay person who is very well known and it's like okay if there's one area in the world where white gay men do not have a problem it's it's theater yeah. like you're, you're lecturing two you're lecturing two white gay men about how they need to be more diverse and then you mentioned the most basic obvious uh, successful white gay male playwright it was it was and, and, a, and a white that lady. was a weird was episode too because um
2: there was like two subplots going on and one was uh like a student fucking a girl like a teacher and then like yes then the bald girl like was like trying to get her dad to fuck somebody or something like that. Like, wasn't she like playing matchmaker with like her dad secretly? Am I mistaken? Or who's Mark Ronson? I think you're, who's the Mark Ronson guy, Mark
0: Ronson, (laughs) the Mark Ronson guy. I think he's already dating like an older influencer type, like a millennial influencer. And she's like, feels unsure about it or some shit because he'd been hiding it.
2: Oh, that's um, what he was, Mark was he was trying to do. I, I would is say that dad? That, yeah,
0: I'd say like the high. OK, yes, I'd say the high point. The high point of this entire show is when the Mark Ronson dad shows up at the play and he's wearing one of those like seven thousand dollar Prada Letterman jackets. And like he was literally just described this hat. He was literally just dressed exactly like Mark Ronson in the
2: Bloghouse era. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, he's wearing Bruno yeah.
2: Mars because like. Mark Ronson used to wear a fedora all the time. And then when he started working with Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars started wearing fedoras and Mark Ronson stopped. He like handed oh, him right. a
3: fedora. <laughs> it's you're so right. Sad. I
1: never realized that. Yeah. That's so funny.
0: The Mark Ronson dad character is like, he's always wearing something that would have been sick during like original God. Yeah. Show. It shows the age of the people that wrote the show. Cause he's always wearing like the biggest cardigan ever. Or like yeah a mariachi hat and he literally is just dressed
2: like a track and mark ronson in 2007 and like (laughs) i think that character suffers from like i'll call i call it like mood board syndrome where it's like you make like a mood board for the character and you're you're planning on like changing some things Be like oh okay like you put mark ronson on there and you're like okay he's gonna be kind of like that but it then you get rushed, and it's just like he comes out as literally Mark Ronson, and you don't change anything. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just inspired <laughs> by it, it's like, oh shit, like actually Mark Ronson's just in the show now.
1: <laughs> like, there's like, and even a current Mark Ronson, like a, a yeah, two
2: thousand eight one,
1: yeah, it's very funny.
0: So I thought, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to see like the reviews of this show. I kind of, I expected, I don't know, I expected like critics to just like roll over but i think it, i think it's like just too bad. It's just like too as we said, like unmemorable and ephemeral and just like empty feeling. Like this is a fucking hollow, humorless, shitty show. Um on Rotten Tomatoes the series holds an approval rating of 38%. Oh my god. <laughs> wow.
1: God. And, and, and we're living in the era of the world's dumbest most most uh, like our critics nowadays are basically the teachers in the school, like just uh, yes. trend-chasing youth. So we have the world's worst critics right now. If you can't win them over, you have not cleared a very low bar. Mm-hmm.
0: There are more critics than ever. It's like the only growing job in media. And even among like the billion fucking full-time critics they have now, they couldn't find a majority of people who would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll swallow this garbage. This I is feel fine. like this show,
2: they accidentally made this show for like... To come out during uh, a Trump administration like it would have worked. This is a Trump era show Mm. that accidentally got made during Biden America because it's like it's a lot of the stuff they're inserting and a lot of the stuff they're removing were things that like people were that was not palatable when Trump was in office where it's like all the I, I guess like like the sexism and things and the shit he was saying on the day to day people like took that out of shows. Cause it's like, Oh no, like the bad guy does that stuff. But quite frankly, like a show like this needs that, like it needs the cat fights. It needs the slut shaming. It needs like all of the horrible shit for a show like this to work. And I think people want it, you know, like people want, people want that in a TV show. I think like everybody would agree. This would be much better with that stuff put back yeah. in the show.
0: <laughs> so HBO, like obviously they're going to do this. They're like, they said, this is the biggest HBO Max original ever. It broke records. Huh. Uh, oh. What that means is the first episode, uh, I finally got statistics. That means it was in 555,000 households. I love the, I love like-, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. like... Oh, yeah. The biggest HBO Max show fucking ever, which <laughs> is perfect- like what? Well, how many Max originals? It's probably are the there? first one. That's a
1: perfect example of lying with facts because technically... There's nothing factually uh, untrue about what what they said, but they're clearly trying to mislead you with that true fact and uh, to believe yeah. something that's untrue. They
2: they've done that. And Netflix did that too with um I think like what's that show like Emily in Paris or whatever where like it's like yeah yeah where they said it like broke these like unbelievable records, but it, the way they phrased the stats was a little confusing. Where like Felix, what you said about like being in so many households, it's like wait, does that mean that just like it just booted up on people's menus? Like, they're not explicitly saying yeah. that it was watched. It's like, oh, yeah, it was screened. It was, like, you know, it was on and, the and TV. Course it, of course, course it's Jeremy people.
1: O'Hara's cameo in that, too. I feel like there's, like, some kind of... It's uh, a good indicator when a show is kind of vapid and trend-chasing <laughs> when he shows up, because, ironically, he showed up in that as well.
0: The, I, I do... I like that it's, like, I had to really tag... Trail something down to find out it's only in 500... Like, half a million households? That's fucking yeah. it? damn uh but yeah like i have a theory on how they crafted
1: the show uh the characters by the way my theory is and this is something that i think is a clever idea on paper but it doesn't work i think instead of making direct analogs to the original characters i think what they tried to do was what if we you know because we're smart people what if we do a do a fake out and we split one character across two people. And what we do is we make every character a blend of two. Because I think is actually Dan Humphrey and Nate Archibald as one person. Yes. Right? And yes. then Zoya is Serena and Dan Humphrey in one person. And, and if you look at every character you can almost kind of see that they're a mashup of two people but all it ends up doing is just make them seem bipolar and inconsistent. So like Serena used to always effortlessly steal Blair's credit, and it would test their friendship, and that's what Zoya always keeps accidentally doing to Julian, where she, I was the queen bee with the minions, and you came back to town, or in your case, showed up to town, and now I have to split my attention with you. They're clearly trying to do a Blair and uh, Serena thing, but also their Blair, I mean, their Serena is also their Dan Humphrey. But on top of that, so so when is weird character combinations that don't work. So like when that guy, Obi is dating the girl, Zoya, there's a Dan Humphreys dating Dan Humphrey feel that makes them very boring, like siblings. And it's just two Dan Humphreys talking to each other. So one Dan Humphrey is half Serena and one Dan Humphrey is half Nate. And it's just, I think it was a mistake, but, but that's my, that's my theory on how they crafted the characters. I also think that the show like this,
2: uh, it's, it's kind of weird to be on HBO max in the first place and it was much better off on like being like a network show with commercial breaks and like limitations as to what they could put on it. Because like it's weird being on HBO and like a show about like salacious high school students. You'd There's no nudity to speak of, right?
1: And that would be weird if they did. Well, this is what I think happened. To cross promote the show, they aired the first episode on CW as well. Okay. And I think They might have done the first two, but definitely the first one. And I think they wanted to give people on CW, which is the home of the original Gossip Girl, a chance to see it and then hope, oh man, I gotta see what happens next. This is real compelling drama. I'm going to get HBO Max. And I mean that episode was so boring. I doubt it got anybody to just cough up money for HBO Max. But after that first one or two episodes, they do start having like more nudity, like ass shots. And and they even go overboard with it. Like that guy, Max, is giving the teacher bj in the classroom oh yeah yeah. episode one was so against um you know a parent student relationship kept pushing him away was doing all this stuff is suddenly all for it and risking his job and and having sex and whatever but they have max giving him a bj and then they um pan up and then they have max stand up and get into frame from just giving the bj and he has like spittle on his mouth and he's just like drooling and and wiping his mouth in his sleeve and to a over kid, the top, you know, like it's weird. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So you know, it's a um, kid yeah, sucking a man's so dick. A pedi- yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, so having an age gap <laughs> and pedophilia. <laughs> of, yeah, having an age gap and pedophilia plot, and also extra sexualizing it. You know, with just it was so sloppy. I have to wipe my mouth with my sleeve. It's um, it's really, just it's like weird, just make weird. a
2: show about adults.
0: Like, come on. yeah, <laughs> yes. there's no reason like for them to be, them be in high school. school there's yeah. no reason for the well. So they have renewed this show for a second season because it's like off the strength of the debut. Like everyone, everyone who had HBO Max seemed to watch the debut, which makes sense because like this is a show about like has it still has like a clear foothold in people's cultural memories. Uh, it's a show about like fashion and like New York elite culture, blah, blah, blah. So like anyone who has HBO Max is probably going to watch it. I would like to see the only ratings numbers I've seen have been about that debut. I think there is a precipitous drop off because like that, the pilots very bad. The show does not get better in any way at all. And I like never actually see people talk about this. Do you guys? I don't know. <laughs> it's one of the same thing where it's like, I,
2: I guess I'm not like moving and shaking in the spaces where it would be talked about. So it's hard for me to say.
1: I was curious about that because it was so bad. So I did a search on um, Twitter just to see. And half of them were pretty obviously plants. Like, they all had the same language. Like, I put out, okay, some internet HBO is just sitting there just making fake accounts and fake, you <laughs> yeah. know. I would look at the profiles and the thing was just made, like, three weeks ago and whatever. And then um, the other, like, half were just those Twitter accounts with like, uh anime or a netflix teen drama avatars where the person just stands everything you know, you know like they just have yeah. a free-floating stand anxiety where they just have to stand everything that um comes out so i don't count those so i would say no
0: it's not it's not out there is there anyone in this show who you think is like gonna make it like there is anyone in this show who's like gonna be in other shit after this they're
1: trying really hard to sell max like he was like when yeah. he was voted on some magazine cover like hot new uh, young talent uh, 2021 and then all the replies on twitter were like uh that guy's not young <laughs> Which I <thought> was funny. <laughs> like, yeah. all these replies like who's that guy he's not young He yeah. <laughs> was on the list with like actual teens yeah. oh my but, god oh my yeah he's 26 <laughs> yeah yeah but the, but the the profile it wasn't like young as in 20 something these were like Acts were like really young people and they just kind of snuck him in yeah. there. Like, okay, someone's publicist tried to pull in the favor and just sneak no. him on the list. And all these like teens yeah. on Twitter were like, you know, who was this old guy? Get out of here old.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he should not be on a teen list. This guy has the same cultural memories that
3: I'm <laughs> <as far laughs> like, you know, like,
0: Get out of here, buddy. Like uh, most of a lot of the other people are like eighteen, nineteen. But, uh, like, uh, I mean, like, the ball girl
1: Julian is 28 and Tavi Gevinson is what? 25. Yeah, she's 28. Yeah, and well, yeah but,
0: but, old? but, but Tabby, Tabby's playing a 25 year old. Okay. She, yeah. yeah. But the, I didn't know the ball girl is 28.
1: What yeah, the fuck? And, so she's like 10 years apart from the girl playing her uh, sister. And, like, once you know it, you really can't unsee it. Like, yeah, uh, no. when I first watched it, I was kind of able to buy into it. But once uh, I looked it up and I saw it, every time I saw her, I was like, Oh yeah, she she is twenty. It's so clear now. Like what? Like what? Yeah. So that's funny,
2: and the way they act is pretty funny too. Like I like when there's shows about children that are like all of the kids act like Don Draper basically, where they like, <laughs> yeah. like, like yeah. they. It's about rich kids, but like for some reason they don't have normal kid interests. Like, like they show them at home and they have like one of those Don Draper liquor cabinets and they make themselves a Manhattan, you know. And that's how to show that yeah. the yeah. <laughs> kids are like and, and, and Max
1: and Max is so that Max is totally that. Yeah,
2: it's just like yeah, no It doesn't matter who you are like high schoolers are still high schoolers.
0: So there are like six main high school characters and two of their actors like distinctly remembered 911. Yeah, 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, they blew it. They blew yeah. it. Yeah. I they think all
2: the actors it. will do good, but it's just, you know, I don't like they are kind of working with, you know, really weak foundation with a show.
0: Yeah, this is... I do feel bad, like... I was trying to, like, figure out who's good and who's bad. Like, who's giving bad performances.
1: You really, like, can't with this writing. Yeah, exactly. The writing is so unactable that, you know... Some of these people could be great actors. How would you know with this type of... Yeah, I, like... I
0: thought uh, Emily Lind, who plays uh, Audrey... I thought she might be good, but I, like, can't tell. Like, the line... Like, her character is so shitty that i like don't know
2: yeah it's very
1: weird Uh, oh well there's only one there's only one reason uh that i think she would not be big and has nothing to do with anything wrong with her but she's an overrepresented type now where she has that look um you know the girl from um community uh julian jacobs like yeah 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 there's margot robbie there's Jillian there's Julian Jacobs, and there's another girl. There's like five girls that look, that look like Margo, Margot Robbie that are in that uh, that in in that family. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, true. Well, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, like, she may
0: not ever want to act again after this. So, <laughs> I think actually, really actually, that's Jamie that's Presley it looks like Margot p- Robbie. Yeah, yeah. By the
2: way, okay, final. P- one last thing, I'm going way back, but I just wanted to point this out. I meant to it earlier. Uh, Tavi Gevinson has such a like wild voice, very Zoe Deschanel slash Jordan Peterson slash Kermit the Frog esque. Yeah, and it's yeah. So every funny, every scene, they have with, with, Bell scene back with her do the Gossip Girl voice, because like, there's no way this would work if Tavi Gevinson was like narrating the posts. Hey, everybody. Every tabby gossip girl back. Like,
0: how does she talk? Yeah. It is like a Jordan. Okay. So, her, her, she said, this is, she sounds like, you know, (laughs) I thought that I wanted to be a writer, (laughs) but it turned out I just wanted to be the best at something. So, when I got there, There I thought, what, what the, what in the world
1: am I doing?
0: (laughs) I was like, Man, why do you sound like that? You're from Oak Park. It's so Park. strange. Who Who is that voice? Who the fuck sounds like that in Illinois? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what that. Is. A, a baffling choice amidst
1: a million baffling choices. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the name, uh, Samara Weaving. Okay. Samara Weaving is the yeah. is the actress that I think looks just like um, that Audrey girl, uh, and she she's also considered a Margot Robbie uh, look alike. But you know, there's there's a lot of people in the Margot Robbie lane. I think like yeah,
0: I don't know. I think they'll like this is going to run like another one or two seasons. Like obviously it's going to season 2. I think they'll continue to see drop off, but then I think like probably goes like four seasons max. I mean, like I don't, Can I ask I don't you guys know this? how many people are
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, who do you think is definitely not going to make it? Cuz I feel more comfortable saying I don't think I'm going to see this person ever again. Like for example, the Obi guy is Oh yeah, I was so saying Obi. He, he's just there Obi's not be, going anywhere He's just there to be a white generically He's not ugly He's not super hot He's just there to be a white bay For the two biracial girls to inexplicably be fight over Like you know uh, One thing I want to say about Obi You know he reminded me of his character And it was so so stupid You know when like, people like AOC or other people uh, Will tweet things like uh, Hey guys just so we know We've got to raise awareness about this I hear you I see you. I'm like, why are you tweeting like one of us? You're a fucking politician. You're the person who is like the final, where the buck stops. Why are you acting like you're in the trenches with us? Kamala Harris did it too. Kamala Harris was like, we have to raise awareness and, you know, yeah. uh, let, let let the people in power know. It's like, uh, K- Kamala, you, you are in power. Like, why are you acting like you're on this yeah, side? They're like I was sneaking into like, the audience, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, sneaking into yeah. the audience. And, and, and so, so we're supposed to like, uh, praise obi for um, you know being this he's rich but he's an activist and cares about issues and it's like okay if he has the ears of his parents, I don't want him on the side of the picking line with the powerless. like well, like w- w- go talk to your mom like if I was at a protest and I start like if I was picketing Donald Trump you know and then I see like uh Don Jr next to me Don Jr was woke like picketing next to me he's like yeah we got to someone got to talk to this we guy we got to do something about like, this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
3: <laughs> yeah well like, they do they
0: do they do have a they do address, they have an episode where they have dinner with his parents and like Zoya like basically reads infographics to them and like the, then like, they don't know he's been going to like protests of them, but it's like, I'm going to assume this is like, he he'll do like one good thing and then we'll never like confront that issue again. I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. Maybe that that character is kind of like the closest they got to realistically portraying a rich, a rich kid. Um, because like in reality, rich, children of like the elite pretend that they're not rich and like just become yeah. like
1: join the DSA and like
2: lie about be- being a millionaire. And, yeah. It is a
1: perfect example of a perfect chance if they did it on purpose. It to would have been very funny. Satirize a yeah. kid. But they totally buy into it. They they have accidentally come within spitting distance of a brilliant staff uh satire and they botch it over if, if he was over constantly talking again. about the 1% and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- th- that would have been great you know what i mean they could have played up the hypocrisy because for example when he's actually in front of his mom you find out his mom doesn't know that he's protesting and also he kind of like chickens out in front of his mom i thought that would have been a great recurring theme for satire the fact that he talks really tough you know but when his actual parents are around he uh just shuts up or falls in line or you know they're like you're gonna inherit everything one day, you know. So you need to read all this. He's like, "Yes, mom," you know. Mm. But right before that, he was talking like, like they have scenes like, "Yeah, so you know, fuck the one percent, whatever." He's on the phone with somebody, and or he's like live streaming, or his mom comes in, and she's like, "What do you mean, fuck the one He's like, "Uh, yeah, the one percent milk." Yeah, fuck this shit. You know, it's almond yeah. milk or nothing. You know, and like, like, he just keeps chickening out when it's time to confront the parents, but they just play it off like normal. Like they're like, "Oh yeah, so, don't worry." He's going back to protesting. It doesn't matter that he hides his life from his mom he just tells her later and that's fine but it's still bullshit yeah
0: well i do not ever want to watch this show again but i am probably going to read about it on wikipedia because i do want to know how low they stoop but um mainly you know as we close this out i do want to apologize to you guys for having you watch this this is like i know like i previously had you guys watch a bad thing before as much more we chaotically did a bad. this is things. more like medium no like a million a middle a million little things is like you can laugh it. while it's watching. so
1: fun like I, so I was playing like bad.
0: yeah i was like playing valorant and i would like get out of a game because i'd be like what the fuck did they really just do that stupid bullshit i was like taking a million notes i it was like a better show and this it's just like i marathon this but like i just it felt like when you smoke too many cigarettes that's how i felt walking away from my computer at the end of the night of watching all these episodes it is not a good feeling
1: i will say this thing about million little things that you can tell is written by a certain type of guy about a certain type of guy it's about something it's born of something and it's uh trying to find something insightful to say about that something even if it fails and it's batshit insane. Like Felix, you said, it's, it's a Gen guy who is trying to get Reddit gold all, yeah. all the time on, on Reddit. And that's what it feels like. And it's like, I can respect it for being personal and about itself. It came from a personal place. It's a personal place of like one of the worst type of people you can imagine. Like, you know, and, and that final revelation of he committed suicide because 9 11, He just couldn't forget it. Like that's so, so on the nose. And this, you could tell there's nothing personal in it is just like no group group tested and i would not be surprised if, if corporate came to them with the idea nobody has any personal investment in it and i think that's why it's just not engaging like like in, n- nobody's putting their heart into this thing i made like a handful of notes i just want to run them off at, at the end they're, they're very short sure. just basically um how could gossip girl be so easily forgotten especially if dan humphrey is a famous novelist. Because in this day and age, people are so into canceling and the meta-narrative of who is doing work. This would keep coming up on Twitter. You know, there would be so many Twitter threads like, did you know uh, Dan Humphrey was um, once ran a blog where he doxed a rape victim? Like, a lot of stuff that, that Gossip Girl did was really fucked up in modern times. Like, docks, he doxxed his own sister as a rape victim. Did all this, like, crazy stuff because... Of course, they never planned for Dan Humphrey to be Gossip Girl. Even the actors have multiple interviews on YouTube, like, mocking how stupid it is. So, after they made the uh, Gossip Girl Dan Humphrey, all this stuff, in retrospect, becomes extra fucked up, you know? And there's, like, t- types of doxing. Um, his ex-girlfriend, he's doxing uh kill the, kill the guy. Like, it makes him retroacting to a huge uh, sociopath if he stop and try to think about it. So, there's no way this thing would be an afterthought or a footnote in the life of somebody if they're a famous novelist. Now it would not go away. That's number one. Number two, why would he himself not erase the blog that had him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing all this stuff that is just still up there? That his PR people didn't delete it. That they didn't have uh, cyber experts at the PR firm just wipe the whole thing because it's horrendous for the client. That was really weird. Why would roofing somebody make you write like them? Like this thing just says tries to be so clever sometimes. Like it says it's like if E.M. Forrester was roofied by Dorothy Parker. It's like <laughs> is roofing something that gives yeah. you the powers of somebody? Like if I roofie you, I absorb like you're trying so hard to make clever, it makes no sense. Like I, like that lines like that were were too clever by a half that they ventured into st- stupidity. Like why can't you just say it's like Dorothy Parker combined with E.M. Forrester? Like the like the roofy line I thought was was very stupid and the final thing i wanted to say was even if the minions and the friends are vapid and nasty or whatever why are they acting so betrayed or confused or just totally boondoggled by the fact that this girl wants to know her freaking sister yeah like like like, what is it with you and this girl like you know what about us it's like hey this is her fucking sister like of all the Things you would hate her for. I think even you'd understand. But yeah, they're acting like this is just some orphan she picked up off the street. And it was weird because it's it like, like she's like really the weird.
2: top dog bully and like leader of the school. It's weird that like she would even concern herself with the opinions of them and they wouldn't even like question her normally.
1: Her minions bully yeah. her. Yeah, the character like that would normally yeah. be like,
2: I'm, I'm talking to whoever the fuck I want. Like, get in your place, you know? If, yeah. any,
1: if anything, they would try to kiss up to the sister because they're like, oh, this is her sister. You know, maybe if we, if they were true minions, like, you know, yeah. they would try to um ingratiate themselves to the sister as a way to ingratiate themselves even more to her.
0: But yeah, like everything else in the show, it's written by an alien who cannot conceive of any human motives or affections.
1: And that was the end of my notes. I just want to get those last points out of things that bothered me. Yeah. All right, well, boys.
0: I hope I never have to watch the show
1: again. But thank, thank you, you thank you. I'm sticking to the recaps. If anything,
0: I would like to,
2: as my plug, as my <laughs> yeah. plug, I'd like to plug uh, the episode we did of Champagne Sharks about Donnie Darko, where we begin writing the pro. I want to plug Black Donnie Darko, the script that T is working on. Hopefully, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah yes. And, and you guys are invited to the writers' room. We we are going to have a diverse writers' thank room. Thank you. For, uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be called Donnie Darkskinned. And oh. <laughs> so it'll have a, it'll have a colorism uh, theme going on as as well To keep it relevant to the discourse Perfect
0: <laughs> Everyone check out Yab yeah, Still and Champagne Sharks uh, Respectively Jack and T's podcast We'll put the links in the description If you're not already checking them out uh, Thank you guys again Thanks for having me Thanks
1: you
3: like to make me suffer So we left one another so will your old lovers around Be quiet, don't make a sound Girls like to fight